All right, what's up, everyone? Actually, I stole that from O'Reilly. I stole it from Bill O'Reilly, so I hope that he hasn't trademarked it, because otherwise, goodbye savings. Anyway, we have Michael Knowles in studio today, but first, we're gonna make a profit with an ad. If you believe that you are not being snooped on or that nobody cares about your online data, you are a joke. Stop kidding yourself, stop being a chump, stop giving your information to everyone out there, Everyone wants your info. It's the new thing. Everyone wants your data. Right now, your privacy is under attack. You got hackers, you've got government, you've got ad companies, and all of them are just lapping up your data. All of it. That is why I recommend the software that I trust to protect my online activity, ExpressVPN. Powerful encryption to secure your data while you surf online, runs in the background of your computer, so when you're on the train or you're in a public place, you're at the airport, you don't have to worry about people getting your credit card info, all of your passwords, all of your information. All of your information is public and then they use the internet. You use the internet like you normally would, except the difference is with ExpressVPN, all of your information is not being broadcast to the world. All your credit card numbers are not being handed out to strangers. Less than seven bucks a month comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Take back your online privacy like I did with ExpressVPN. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com. I'll spell it for all of the slow people out there, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com. Use the promo code WHB, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash WHB. It'll get you three months free with a one-year package. ExpressVPN.com slash WHB. All right, we're here with Michael Knowles. It's great to have you, man. What's up, man? How's Thanks it so going? much for having me on. Yeah, so you're in town. TPUSA, how'd the speech go? The speech was great. These kids, every time I feel just depressed and demoralized about America, I go in, and these kids at TPUSA, I'm doing a YAF speech next week, they just reinvigorate me and encourage me. There is something in particular about the conservatives of Gen, what is it, Gen Z? Z, Z yeah, yeah the Zoomers, Zoomers. The Zoomers. Yeah, these Zoomers, they get it. Yeah. They actually get it. I, they are much less ideological than the millennials or, you know, the boomers, certainly. And they're just kind of in tune with political realities. They're really thinking about politics in a new way. And I think there's actually some tiny little sliver of an iota of hope for the future of the country. <laughs> you look at the polls and it shows that still a huge percentage of them are actually still in favor of socialism, yeah, which yeah. scares me. You know, the good but, news, though. So the, unfortunately, the majority of young Americans now identify as socialist or they favor socialism. The good news is, though. Uh, only about 30% of them can define what socialism is. So there's some room for yeah. growth there. Yeah, they right? just think, oh, it sounds good. <laughs> and, you know, you tell them about the specific programs, oh, you're going to get free this, you're going to get free that. And they say, oh, that sounds good. I want free stuff, because who doesn't, obviously? <laughs> I love free stuff. Now, I'm, I have to say, I'm a little resentful, because you, you, wrote, a, you wrote a book. Mm -hmm. You wrote a book. Uh, with nothing in it, reasons why you should vote for Democrats. Well, what, know, was the, what was the actual title? So the full title is yeah. Reasons to Vote for Democrats, a comprehensive guide. Uh, ben Shapiro blurbed it as thorough. The president blurbed it. I think it's one of his favorite books as a great book for your reading enjoyment. In my defense, there is a very extensive bibliography in this book. I researched this to the hilt, and then I published 250 blank pages. Pages of nothing. Uh -huh. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Well, I mean, why? I would have you, I'm sold a ton of copies. You know, I just are, wish I had thought of it. It's, it's an old idea. There are a few books. There's uh, Everything Men Know About Women. There's Sex After 50, <laughs> The Wit and Wisdom of the German People. And the first one in American history was actually the 1880 presidential election. The Republican ticket of James Garfield and Chester Arthur trolled their Democrat opponent. They said the political achievements and statesmanship of my opponent, <laughs> five blank pages. That's brilliant. No, I love it. So I would say out of the people at the Daily Wire, you are probably the most... 
MAGA? Is that fair to say? I think Is that's that fair. fair. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I criticize the guy a fair bit, but I do really like him. You know, I think he, he's impressed me. I was a reluctant Trump voter. And then day after day, he's been more conservative. He's been more effective, really, than I ever thought he would be. And, and I think this actually speaks more to just my kind of conservative disposition, because I have very low expectations of politics. <laughs> right, right. You so. say one thing, you're hoping they'll come through. That's right. But usually they never do. He's out there. He's complaining about, uh, uh, Trump is complaining about Fox News right now because of a poll that came out. I'll read his tweet. He wrote, Fox News is at it again. So different from what they used to be during the 2016 primaries and before. Proud Warriors. Now new Fox polls, which have always been terrible to me. They had me losing big to crooked Hillary. Have me down to sleepy Joe. Even considering the fact that I have gone through three-year vicious witch hunt perpetrated by the lamestream media in collusion with Crooked and the Democrat Party, there can be no way with the greatest economy in U.S. history that I can be losing to Sleepy Joe. <laughs> Keep America great, he says. How can you not like that guy? <laughs> right? right? He just calls it as he says. He just goes on Fox News, watching Fox and Friends, and just calls them out for a poll. But they have another Fox News poll. They have met 50% favorable when it comes to the economic numbers. 50% of Americans actually, according to the Fox News poll, believe that the economy is doing well, and that's going to, of course, inform their voting. And then 52, 42%, excuse me, 42% unfavorable. So they are coming out with polls that are good for him. But even if, for instance... He's losing to Joe Biden, which I, I find that hard to believe. And in Ohio, they have him. Joe Biden's the only candidate that's actually beating Trump in Ohio. I don't see anyone else on the Democrat stage that even has a shot. Right. This is the problem. And also, you know, in, de in defense of Fox for this poll, early on, these polls don't mean anything, right? I mean, yeah. you have before a primary campaign, all of these are just names. And so the name you know is President Trump. If he's got a negative news cycle that week or because of the mainstream media, 92% of the time he's got a negative news cycle, then you say, okay, maybe this other guy is, is fine. But when that poll came out, this was a couple months ago, putting a head-to-head -head race between Cory Booker and Donald Trump, and it had Booker up six or ten points. I thought, okay, this, this is completely <laughs> right. useless. Booker right. isn't even going to win all the votes in the Booker household, okay? That's not going to happen. <laughs> so I, I just think it's so early. I agree with you. Biden, I, I guess, is the one that poses some threat to him just because he's got high name ID. He's got some moderate appeal. But even that— But he gets on the debate stage, and he chokes. He falls apart. He he to yeah. Kamala Harris? I mean, right. that was—I mean, really, that's—and he's, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to be more aggressive next time. Okay, Joe. I mean, it, it, and there's what a couple hundred days left until the election. That's a lifetime. That's right. In, in, in especially in today's world you know, of politics, it's, it's more than. I mean, it's. A, I think at this point, it's over 400. Right, yeah, over yeah. 400 days left till the election. That is a lifetime. I sort of think Biden is going to fall away. I mean, if his first debate performance is any indication, Kamala Harris is a bulldog. I mean, as Willie Brown told us in San Francisco, she'll do anything to get ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything. Anything, anything to get ahead. I don't want to start any rumors. <laughs> Because Willie Brown already did. <laughs> right. But, uh, uh, you know, she's obviously going for it pretty hard. Elizabeth Warren seems to have a little daylight, so maybe she can come ahead. And the question you've got to ask yourself is, regardless of what these polls say right now, which of those people is going to beat Donald Trump in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania? I just don't see it. No, I, I, I don't see it. And even can you imagine President Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> I mean, that's chief. just like, chief yeah, Chief, chief Commander-in-Chief, there you go. <laughs> you know, what? one thing I'm noticing is obviously on the left, particularly Warren, particularly Kamala Harris and some of these other candidates, they're appealing to what we, we would traditionally call identity politics. 
Trump himself is appealing to a very specific kind of identity politics, which I think is the only acceptable identity politics in America. That is to the American identity. He holds a big Fourth of July parade. He supports the American flag, hot dogs and baseball on the Fourth of July. I mean, it's a very— That's considered white supremacist now, though. They're now calling that white supremacist, and he's managed to get his opponents to protest— the American flag. That, when, when you put that on a debate stage and you've got these narrow interest groups in uh, identity politics all opposing the flag and Donald Trump wrapping himself up like it's the 4th of July for a national campaign, that seems to be the winning answer. And, and you see how popular these guys, the, the members of the squad are. I mean, you see there was that poll a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, with Ilhan Omar at 9%. 9%? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a typo with, uh, with swing voters. And then uh, AOC is at 22%. I mean, th- these are not popular people. These are not popular ideas that they're profiting. You know what's amazing? So President Trump, he's a New York guy, right? He, he donated to Democrats for years. He's like not very ideological. When he decides to identify as a Republican, all of a sudden they call him a white supremacist, a bigot, all of yeah. this. No evidence whatsoever. He has repeatedly said racism is evil, white nationalism is evil, not neo-Nazi, all on and on and on. Does it three times a week. Ilhan Omar is asked repeatedly, You've said some sympathetic comments about al-Qaeda. Would you mind condemning al-Qaeda? She won't do it. How hard is it? I don't understand. How hard is it for her to say, I condemn al-Qaeda? All, she's always like, that's a ridiculous question. Well, if it's so ridiculous, just say no. Yeah, just disavow. It's but easy. We're not asking her because she's black, Somalian, Muslim. We're not asking her for any of those reasons. We're asking because she giggles about al-Qaeda on video. She tries to get judges to give ISIS terrorists lenient sentences. She's constantly just saying things. 9-11, some people did something. Some I mean, that's the speech. Some something. You know, just like one time condemn it. She can't do it. No, she can't. And, and, and that is, I think, what Americans see. And what makes America – I mean, even if, the, even if the president shouldn't have written in that tweet uh, or said, you know, she needs – they need to go back right. to where they came, came from. The reason why that is resonating, the reason why Trump's support among Republicans went up after that tweet is because I think it hits on something that a lot of Americans identify with, which is that when you have people bashing the country, when you have people who you don't know whether they have sympathies with terrorist organizations right. – there's nothing mainstream about that. And, and you know, it, they painted it only in a racial way, or in, which was kind of funny because o- only right. one of them was actually an immigrant right, three right, right. in this country. But you could say the same comment to Bernie Sanders, who's an old white man, old yeah. Jewish man. Say, go back to where you came from. You'd be referring to the Soviet <laughs> Union right, where right, his honeymoon. Right. Because their ideas are anti-American ideas. Socialism. This country is hopelessly bigoted. We can't possibly all live together in harmony. We all are simply separate interest groups based on our immutable innate characteristics. Those are anti-American ideas, and Trump is identifying that they're anti-American, and I think it's resonating with, uh, certainly with Republican voters. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think even though none of the members of the so-called squad are actually running for president, their ideas yeah. are the ones that all of the presidential candidates are asked to respond to. You know, when they ask about health care for illegal immigrants, that wasn't a mainstream idea, but yet all the hands shoot up right. when they ask about that. I mean, that wasn't a mainstream media, uh, that wasn't a mainstream idea before, you know, AOC and the, you know, whatever they call themselves, Democratic Socialist, became popular. So the reason why I think Trump really has it in the bag already for 2020 is because these loony, loony ideas are the ones on the Democrat stage right now. And they, they have right. become the face of the Democratic right. Party. But do you? I, I think he's got a couple vulnerabilities. Yeah, uh, so let me get your, what, what would you say your assessment of Trump overall is right now today? 
So I think if the election were held today, he would win all 57 states. You know, he would absolutely <laughs> he would just he'd invent new states. states. <laughs> I think he would absolutely uh, win. However, he's got two major vulnerabilities, which are the economy. You know, you, the economy runs in cycles. And if, there, if the economy falters, it's going to put him in a tough position. And illegal immigration. This was a central campaign issue. You had that report come out from Customs and Border Protection the other day, which showed that he has not built even one mile of new, new wall. wall. Yeah. He's, now, he's, look, I understand why. It's very difficult to get zoning permits, to get environmental permits. It's right. I mean, hard. you saw what they did to that independent group. I, I don't remember the name, but the independent group who built the wall on their right. own property. Yep. And then government officials came in and they told them it's too tall. They gave them all these reasons why they had to, you know, they had to leave a door open. Mm-hmm. You have to leave a door open on your own property? (laughs) That's the only way the illegal immigrants can come in. in. I mean, it's incredible. So I understand it's difficult. But, I mean, he has other options. He's threatened a lot of stuff. And that's what is somewhat frustrating is that he's, he's, he's threatened, I'm going to shut down the border. As the, as the executive, he has the power, 1122F, Immigration Naturalization Act, allows him the power to actually shut down the border completely. He knows he's had this power. He's said that he's going to do it. Hasn't done it yet. I mean, that's what needs to be done until we get the wall. I think that needs to that needs to be done to just stop the flow, because, you know, recently 61,000 migrant children are coming through the hundreds of thousands every month. I mean, this is the numbers are worse than ever. And this this is an issue that cuts across party lines. There was that Gallup poll or it used to. But I mean, you know, it still does amongst the actual American populace. Right. That's right. Which is increasingly uh, (laughs) dubious. But, you know, this Gallup poll came out. It said the top issue was immigration. And the wording here is important because people oppose illegal immigration broadly. But there was a poll, Harvard Harris came out a while ago, that showed that the majority of Americans want to reduce even legal immigration. Because we're taking in so many people a year, over a million people legally, certainly over a million illegally, and they are not assimilating. Actually, the left in this country is discouraging assimilation. And so this create. I mean... And it's been happening for years. You know, you pick up yeah. the phone, any customer service, and they ask you what language you want to speak. That's right. Yeah, you I know. always want to speak Esperanto, <laughs> maybe Swahili, right. um, just to try them out a little bit. No, it, it's absolutely true. And I think that the immigration issue for Trump, I mean, that's what he ran out. That's the first words. Those were the first words out of his mouth. Right. That is, and poll and poll and poll, poll after poll after poll. They say that's the most important issue for Americans. So I agree with you on the economy. I think that, you know, the economy is vulnerable. He has done an outstanding job with the economy. You know, Obama's out there trying to take credit. I did this. But you even asked most economists and they say, you know, Trump's policies have absolutely contributed to the booming economy that we're seeing. But the thing is that Americans, you know, Trump didn't run on saying I'm going to make the economy great. The economy was actually a very small portion of his platform. So obviously, I think it affects Americans' everyday lives. And when the economy is not doing well, most Americans are going to notice it. But the immigration thing is what he ran on. It's what is most important to most people. And I don't think politicians in Washington understand that it's uh, it affects everyone. You know, they're completely isolated from it. But th- this is affecting their communities. It's disproportionately affecting communities of color yeah. because of right. jobs and the jobs that they are taking. So I think that it's an issue that resonates with Americans for a reason. It has nothing to do with race. It's not we don't want brown people in the country. It's because it comes down to jobs. It comes down to values. It comes down to do these people even know or value what makes the country well, th- great? This is the issue. And it's this dichotomy that you see in conservatives and, and Republicans between people who want to talk about the culture and people who don't want to talk about the culture. So, for instance, if you flood the country with people who have no idea about political traditions, don't speak English, don't know how our government works, that's going to have an outsized effect on the culture. And uh, even legally, by the way, and, and legally, it will have an effect. And 
you know, compare it to Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney ran in 2012. He said, I'm not going to talk about any cultural issues. I'm only going to run on the economic misery of Barack Obama. And what happened? He got creamed. Donald Trump is not that kind of bean-counting establishment figure. He is a product of the culture. He's a maker of the culture. The king of reality TV for 15 years. He's been in the tabloids since many years before I was born. I mean, this guy is a cultural figure. He ran on this cultural issue of immigration, of what the American nation is, of whether we're allowed to protect our people, protect our borders. He was opposed by some people on the right and many people on the left. He's got to run on that again. If he doesn't run on that, who is he? Why did we elect him in the first place? No, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, that's it's a complaint from people on the right that he's so instinctual that, you know, he just, you know, whatever is on his mind. But I think Again, you know, he doesn't listen to people. His advisors are always complaining. You know, he's, he doesn't take their advice. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he's not a think tank politician. I mean, that's why Hillary Clinton lost, because she's a test tube politician. You know, uh, you know what, 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 what do voters want me to say? That's what I think you see with Joe Biden, because mm-hmm. he's completely flip-flopping on all of his positions. And I think Trump won, and Trump will win again, because he is the exact opposite of that. So I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, this is Beto O'Rourke. I don't know if you remember him. He's I, this, who is that? Is that the guy a, who's on the cover of yeah, Vanity Fair? Yeah, he's a billionaire furry who was on Vanity Fair, and he briefly was running for president. <laughs> and this guy, when he went to Iowa, he stood on a countertop, one of many, and he said, I want you to shape me into the presidential candidate you want. And he immediately collapsed. Dropped. Dropped. Who yeah. on earth wants to? Oh, so you stand for nothing. Right. You stand for nothing and you just want to pander to me so I give you my vote. No, that, 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 that's a disaster. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of the people. I mean, you see Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg is the same issue. You know, it's just it's embarrassing the cringe pandering that you see with these people where, you know, he's playing the piano and, you know, he's taking Pete Buttigieg. There's not a black kid that he didn't take a photo with to get votes. <laughs> I mean, it's too bad he didn't talk to his black police officers right. back in South Bend, because right. then he might have a little uh, easier time running for president if he could clean up his own town. Right. I hope maybe he'll find uh, he'll find a T-Bone, and maybe Booker can introduce him, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> introduce him to his, his imaginary drug dealer. Roam the streets of Newark. Right. T-Bone, where are you? T-bone. Michael Knowles, thank you so much. So good to see it's you. It's been a John. pleasure. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.